0: Section 40 Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 11. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 11. Edited by Charles Dudley Warner section forty the boy at mugby from mugby junction by charles dickens i am the boy at mugby that's about what i am you don't know what i mean what a pity but i think you do i think you must look here i am the boy at what is called the refreshment room at mugby junction and what's proudest boast is that it never yet refreshed a mortal being up in a corner of the down refreshment room at mugby junction in the height of twenty-seven cross draughts i've often counted em while they brush the first-class hair twenty-seven ways behind the bottles among the glasses bounded on the nor'west by the beer, stood pretty far to the right of a metallic object that's at times the tea urn and at times the soup tureen according to the nature of the last twang imparted to its contents which are the same groundwork fended off from the traveller by a barrier of stale sponge cakes erected atop of the counter and lastly exposed sideways to the glare of our missus eye you ask a boy so situated next time you stop in a hurry at mugby for anything to drink you take particular notice that he'll try to seem not to hear you, that he'll appear in an absent manner to survey the line through a transparent medium composed of your head and body, and that it won't serve you as long as you can possibly bear it. That's me. What a lark it is! We are the model establishment. We are at Mugby, other refreshment rooms and their imperfect young ladies up to be finished off by our misses for some of the young ladies when they're new to the business come into it mild ah our missus she soon takes that out of em why i originally come into the business meek myself but our missis she soon took that out of me what a delightful lark it is i look upon us refreshmenters as occupying the only proudly independent footing on the line there's papers for instance my honourable friend if you will allow me to call him so him as belongs to smith's bookstall why he no more dares to be up to our refreshment in games than he dares to jump atop of a locomotive with her steam at full pressure and cut away upon her alone driving himself at limited mail speed papers he'd get his head punched at every compartment first second and third the whole length of a train, if you was to venture to imitate my demeanour. It's the same with the porters, the same with the guards, the same with the ticket clerks, the same the whole way up to the secretary, traffic manager, or very chairman. There ain't a one among em on the nobly independent footing we are. Did you ever catch one of them when you wanted anything of 'em? making a system of surveying the line through a transparent medium composed of your head and body i should hope not you should see our bandolin in room at mugby junction it's led to by the door behind the counter which you'll notice usually stands ajar and it's the room where our misses and our young ladies bandolins their hair you should see em at it betwixt trains bandolining away as if they was anointing themselves for the combat when you're telegraphed you should see their noses all a-going up with scorn as if it was a part o the working o the same cook and wheatstone electrical machinery you should hear our missus give the word here comes the beast to be fed and then you should see him indignantly skipping across the line from the up to the down or wiserwassar and begin to pitch the stale pastry into the plates and chuck the sawdust sandwiches under the glass covers and get out the ha <laughs> ha the sherry oh my eye my eye for your refreshment it's only in the isle of the brave and land of the free by which of course i mean to say britannia that refreshment in is so effective so wholesome so constitutional a check upon the public fair was a foreigner which having politely with his hat off beseeched our young ladies and our misses for a little gloss of and having had the line surveyed through him by all and no other acknowledgment was a proceeding at last to help himself as seems to be the custom in his own country when our missus with her hair almost a-coming on bandolin with rage and her eyes emitting sparks flew at him caught the decanter out of his hand and said put it down i won't allow that the foreigner turned pale Stepped back with his arms stretched out in front of him, his hands clasped, and his shoulders raised, and exclaimed, "Ah, is it possible this that these disdainest females and this ferocious old woman are placed here by the administration not only to empoison their voyagers but to affront them? Great heaven! How arrives it the English people, or is he then a slave or idiot?" another time a merry wide-awake american gent had tried the sawdust and spit it out and had tried the sherry and spit that out and had tried in vain to sustain exhausted nature upon scotch and had rather extra bandolined and line surveyed through when as the bell was ringing and he paid our missus he says very loud and good-tempered i tell you what tis marm i larf there i larf i do i ought to have seen most things for i hail from the unlimited side o the atlantic ocean and i've travelled right slick over the limited head on through jerusalem and the east and likewise france and italy europe old world and am now upon the track to the chief european village but such an institution as you and your young ladies and your fixin solid and liquid afore the glorious tarnal i never did see yet and if i ain't found the eighth wonder of monarchical creation in finding you and your young ladies and your fixin solid and liquid all as aforesaid established in a country where the people air not absolute lunatics i am extra double darned with a nip and frizzle to the innermostest grid wherefore there i larf i do marm i larf and so he went stamping and shaking his sides along the platform all the way to his own compartment i think it was her standing up agin the foreigner as give our missis the idea of going over to france and drawing a comparison betwixt refreshment in, as followed among the frog eaters and refreshmentin as triumphant in the oil of the brave and land of the free by which of course i mean to say agin our young ladies miss swift miss piff and mrs sniff was unanimous opposed to her going for as they says to our misses one and all it is well be known to the hens of the hearth as no other nation except britain has an idea of anythink but above all of business why then should you tire yourself to prove what is already proved our missis however being a teaser at all points stood out grim obstinate and got a return pass by southeastern tidal, to go right through if such should be her dispositions to marseilles sniff is husband to mrs sniff and is a regular and significant cove he looks after the sawdust department in a back room and is sometimes when we are very hard put to it let behind the counter with a corkscrew. But never when it can be helped, his demeanour towards the public being disgusting, servile. How Mrs. Sniff ever comes so far to lower herself as to marry him, I don't know. But I suppose he does, and I should think he wished he didn't, for he leads an awful life. Mrs. Sniff couldn't be much order with him if he was public. Similarly, Miss Whiff and Miss Piff taking the tone of Mrs. Sniff, they shoulders Sniff about when he is let in with a corkscrew, and they whisk things out of his hands when in his servility he is a going to let the public have them, and they snap him up when in the crawling baseness of his spirit he is a-going to answer a public question and they draw more tears into his eyes than ever the mustard does which he all day long lays on to the sawdust but it ain't strong once when sniff had the repulsiveness to reach across to get the milk-pot to hand over for a baby i see our missus in her rage catch him by both his shoulders and spin him out into the bandolin and room but mrs sniff how different she's the one she's the one as you'll notice to be always looking another away from you when you look at her she's the one with the small waist buckled in tight in front and with the lace cuffs at her wrists which she puts on the edge of the counter before her and stands a-smoothin while the public foams This smoothing the cuffs and looking another way while the public foams is the last accomplishment taught to the young ladies as come to Mugby to be finished by our missus, and it's always taught by Mrs. Sniff. When our missus went away upon her journey, Mrs. Sniff was left in charge. She did hold the public in check most beautiful.' In all my time, I never see half so many cups of tea given without milk to people as wanted it with, nor half so many cups of tea with milk given to people as wanted it without. When foaming ensued, Mrs. Sniff would say, Then ye'd better settle it among yourselves and change with one another. It was a most highly delicious lark. I enjoyed the refreshment in business more than ever, and was so glad I had took to it when young or missus returned it got circulated among the young ladies and it as it might be penetrated to me through the crevices of the bandolining room that she had had horrors to reveal if revelation so contemptible could be dignified with the name agitation became weakened excitement was up in the stirrups expectation stood a-tiptoe at length it was put forth that on our slackest evening in the week and at our slackest time of that evening betwixt trains our missus would give her views of foreign refreshmenting in the bandolining room it was arranged tasteful for the purpose the and table and glass were hid in a corner an armchair was elevated on a packing-case for our missus occupation a table and a tumbler of water no sherry in it, thank ye, was placed beside it. Two of the pupils, the season being autumn, and hollyhocks and dahlias being in, ornamented the wall with three devices in those flowers. On one might be read, may all be and never learn. On another, keep the public down. On another, our refreshment in charter. The whole had a beautiful appearance, with which the beauty of the sentiments corresponded. On our missus' brow was wrote Severity, as she ascended the fatal platform, not that that was anything new. Miss Swift and Miss Piff sat at her feet. Three chairs from the waiting-room might have been perceived by an average eye in front of her, on which the pupils were as accommodated. Behind them a very close observer might have discerned a boy, meself. Where, said our missus, glancing gloomily around, is Sniff? i thought it better answered mrs sniff that he should not be let come in he is such an ass no doubt assented our Missus. but for that reason is it not desirable to improve his mind oh nothing will ever improve him said mrs sniff however pursued our missis call him in Ezekiel i called him in the appearance of the low-minded cove was hailed with disapprobation from all sides on account of his having brought his corkscrew with him he pleaded the force abbot. the force said mrs sniff don't let us have you talking about force for gracious sake there do stand still where you are with your back against the wall he is a smiling piece of vacancy and he smiled in the mean way in which he will even smile at the public if he gets a chance language can say no meaner of him and he stood upright near the door with the back of his head agin the wall as if he was a for somebody to come and measure his height for the army I should not enter, ladies, says our missus, on the revolting disclosures I'm about to make, if it was not in hope that they will cause you to be yet more implacable in the exercise of the power you wield in a constitutional country, and yet more devoted to the constitutional motto which I see before me. It was behind her, but the words sounded better, so. May be Albion never learn. Here the pupils as had made the motto admired it, and cried, "'Here, hear, hear!" Sniff, showing an inclination to join in chorus, got himself frowned down by every brow. "'The baseness of the French,' pursued our missus, "'as displayed in the fawnin' nature of their refreshment, "'and equals, if not surpasses, anythink as was ever heard of the baseness of the celebrated Bonaparte.' "'Miss Swift, Miss Piff, and me, we drawered a heavy breath, equal to sayin' "'We thought as much. Miss Swift and Miss Piff, seemin' to object to my drawn mine along with theirs, "'I drawered another to aggravate them. "'Shall I be believed,' says our missus with flashing eyes, "'when I tell you that no sooner had I set foot upon that treacherous shore.' Here, sniff, either bustin' out mad or thinkin' aloud, says in a low voice, "Fate, plural, you know." The cowering that come upon him when he was spurned by all eyes added to his being beneath contempt was sufficient punishment for a cove so grovelin'. In the midst of a silence rendered more impressive by the turned-up female noses with which it was pervaded, our missus went on. "'shall I be believed when I tell you "'that no sooner had I landed "'this word with a killing look at Sniff "'on that treacherous shore "'that I was ushered into a refreshment room "'where there were, I do not exaggerate, "'actually eatable things to eat.' "'A groan burst from the ladies. "'I not only did myself the honour of joining, "'but also of lengthening it out. "'Where there were?' our missus added, not only eatable things to eat, but also drinkable things to drink. A murmur, swelling almost into a scream, arries. Miss Piff, trembling with indignation, called out, Name! I will name, said our missus. There was roast fowls, hot and cold. There was smoking roast veal, surrounded with brown potatoes. There was hot soup with, Again I ask, shall I be credited? Nothing bitter in it, and no flour to choke off the consumer. There was a variety of cold dishes set off with jelly. There was salad. There was, mark me, fresh pastry, and that of a light construction. There was a luscious show of fruit. There was bottles and decanters of sound small wine of every size, and adapted to every pocket. The same odious statement will apply to brandy, and these were set out upon the counter so that all could help themselves. Our missus' lips so quivered that Mrs. Sniff, though scarcely less convulsed than she were, got up and held the tumbler to them. This, proceeds our missus, was my first unconstitutional experience. Well, would it have been, if it had been my last and worst? But no.' As I proceeded farther into that enslaved and ignorant land, its aspect became more hideous. I need not explain to this assembly the ingredients and formation of the British refreshment sandwich. Universal laughter, except from Sniff, who, as sandwich-cutter, shook his head in a state of the utmost dejection as he stood with it against the wall, Well, said our missus, with dilated nostrils, take a fresh, crisp, long, crusty penny loaf made of the whitest and best flour, cut it longwise through the middle, insert a fair and nicely fitting slice of hem, tie a smart piece of ribbon round the middle of the hole to bind it together, add at one end a neat wrapper of clean white paper by which to hold it and the universal French refreshment sandwich busts on your disgusted vision. A cry of shame from all, except Sniff, which rubbed his stomach with a soothing hand. I need not, said our missus, explain to this assembly the usual formation and fitting of the British refreshment room. No, no, and laughter. Sniff again shaking his head in low spirits again the wall. Well! said or missus what would you say to a general decoration of everything, to hangings sometimes elegant to easy velvet furniture to abundance of little tables to abundance of little seats to brisk bright waiters to great convenience to a prevailin' cleanliness and tastefulness positively addressing the public and making the beast thinking itself worth the pains contemptuous fury on the part of all the ladies mrs sniff looking as if she wanted somebody to hold her and everybody else looking as if they'd rather not three times said our working herself into a truly terremendous state three times did i see these shameful things only between the coast and paris and not counting either at hayes brook at arras at amiens but worse remains tell me what would you call a person who should propose in england that there should be kept say at our own model mugby junction pretty baskets each holding an assorted cold lunch and dessert for one each at a certain fixed price and each within a passenger's power to take away to empty in the carriage at perfect leisure and to return at another station fifty or a hundred miles farther on There was disagreement what such a person should be called, whether revolutionist, atheist, bright, I said him, or un-English. Miss Piff screeched her shrill opinion last in the words, a malignant maniac. Ah, ye adopt, says our missus, the brand set upon such a person, by the righteous indignation of my friend Miss Piff, a malignant maniac know then that that malignant maniac has sprung from the congenial soil of france and that his malignant madness was in unchecked action on this same part of my journey i noticed that sniff was rubbing his hands and that mrs sniff had got her eye upon him "'but I did not take more particular notice owing to the excited state in which the young ladies was "'and to feeling myself called upon to keep it up with a howl. "'On my experience south of Paris,' said our missus in a deep tone, "'I will not expatiate. "'Too loathsome were the task. "'But fancy this, fancy a guard coming round "'with the train at full speed to inquire how many for dinner.' fancy us telegraphing forward the number of diners fancy every one expected and the table elegantly laid for the complete party fancy a charming dinner in a charming room and the head cook concerned for the honour of every dish superintendent in his clean white jacket and cap fancy the beast traveling six hundred miles on end very fast and with great punctuality yet being taught to expect all this to be done for it a spirited chorus of the beast i noticed that sniff was again a rubbing his stomach with a soothing hand and that he had drawed up one leg but again i didn't take particular notice looking on myself as called upon to stimulate public feeling it being a lark besides putting everything together said our missus french refreshment in comes to this and oh it comes to a nice total first eatable things to eat and drinkable things to drink a groan from the young ladies kept up by me second convenience and even elegance another groan from the young ladies kept up by me third moderate charges this time a groan from me, kept up by the young ladies. Fourth, and here, says our missus, I claim your angriest sympathy, attention, common civility, nay, even politeness. Me and the young ladies regularly and mad all together. And I cannot, in conclusion, says our missus, with her spitefulest sneer, give you a completer picture of that despicable nation after what i have related than assuring you that they wouldn't bear our constitutional ways and noble independence at Mowbey junction for a single month and that they would turn us to the right about and put another system in our places as soon as look at us perhaps sooner for i do not believe they have the good taste to care to look at us twice the swell and tumult was arrested in its rise Sniff, bore away by his servile disposition, had roared up his leg with a higher and a higher relish, and was now discovered to be waving his corkscrew over his head. It was at this moment that Mrs. Sniff, who had kept her eye upon him like the fabled obelisk, descended on her victim. Our missus followed them both out, and cries was heard in the sawdust department. "'You come into the down refreshment room at the junction, making believe you don't know me, and I'll point out to you with my right thumb over my shoulder, which is our missus, and which is Miss Swift, and which is Miss Piff, and which is Mrs. Sniff. But you won't get a chance to see Sniff, because he disappeared that night.' Whether he perished, tore to pieces, I cannot say, but his corkscrew alone remains to bear witness to the servility of his disposition. End of section forty.